Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And as you can see, we're doing something a little different today because over there (laughs) is my handsome husband, Dewey. And you can actually see him today. We're actually going to post this to YouTube. So for those of you listening in podcast, um, know that, you know, I know you're probably listening and doing something else at the same time, but if you want, you can jump over to the YouTube channel, Cat Behavior Solutions, and actually see how handsome my cute husband is. <laughs> so today, oh, gosh, you're making me blush on TV. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly TV, honey. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So it tells you how much I know. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we're doing our 141st podcast. And it's a couple weeks before Halloween. And so we thought, what a better opportunity to do. Do cats see ghosts and spirits and goblins and things like that? So that's what we're going to talk about today, honey. All right. Well, thank you, my beautiful, sweet love. And hello to all you cat fans out there in the great big cat world. It's great to finally see you. Oh, wait a minute. You're seeing me. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go with this thing, because this is a really cool topic. And it's one of the things that, you know, I think I've actually seen recently on some YouTube channels whereby um, animals seem to see things um, and the owners are looking at the animals going, okay, I don't see what you're seeing. But then the next thing you know, a chair moves in that direction or, you know, there's some sort of ghostly figure. I think uh, I've seen some of that on um, a channel called Slapped Ham. If you guys want to see some of that, Uh, it's pretty interesting out there to see some of that. And who knows if it's real or not. But, you know, to it, it makes you think because you would have to train your animal to sort of, if you're going to fake it, in other words, you'd have to train your animal to kind of be looking someplace uh, and then make something fall or make something happen. And that's usually harder to do than you can imagine. That's not hard to do at all. That's what I do is train cats. We could train a cat to look over there. You know, like you start out. Here's how you do that, people. If you want to fake a YouTube cat seeing a ghost thing, take a laser pointer, put it on the wall and go ghost or look. And when the cat looks at it, reward it and then do it again. And then, then you can put it on verbal cue, right? So you can go ghost and the cat will look over there. And then you tie one of those, you know, invisible twine, like fishing line things on the edge of the leg of your chair. And you just yank it kind of out of camera. So you could fake that stuff. Ah, you know what? I was fooled the whole time. I was thinking, (laughs) man, that'd be hard to do. But I guess, you know what? I forget how wonderful my wife is and what she does for a And I don't fake YouTube videos. Only this. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's not what you do. But, but for those you of know, you who don't know, 
used and and work with that. But this is an interesting topic for sure. You know, are there really uh, things that they can see? I mean, is there really ghosts and spirits that they can see? And what about angels or demons? You know, what is how does that work if that's the case? Well, let me start by letting everybody know if you if you don't know uh, my husband Dewey well, then you probably don't <laughs> know that he spends a lot of time on YouTube watching <laughs> Bigfoot really. stuff, paranormal things, alien things. He he likes I do that. do that. I do do that. Yeah, yeah he like he likes that genre. So. So it, it yeah. doesn't surprise me that, you know, when when we said we're going to talk about the cats see ghosts, he would say, yeah, I saw that on YouTube. So but it could have been a hoax. But anyway, I will say. And it's really all about the question. Why? You know, we always have that question. Why? Why does my cat look that direction or why does that happen? And is it really possible or is there a potential of some probability that it's real not that I've ever seen anything, not that I've ever really had those experiences, you know, and, you know, am I constantly looking for them? You know, my mind doesn't take me there and make false things happen. Uh, but, you know, I've heard people actually talk about those things. And so I've been curious and I, I do research some of that stuff. So I can imagine, you know, in this topic, you know, other people would be asking the same question. Do my cats really see spirits or ghosts? And, you know? they, and, and I think I just, it's usually because we see our cat doing that. Like the other day, um, Pico was in a dead sleep up here on top of my tall yeah, file cabinet. And he, yeah. and he woke up and I was listening and looking around and I didn't hear anything. And he jumped up on the wall and, and was looking straight at the ceiling, kind of where the wall meets the ceiling. But, you know, I didn't say, oh, my gosh, there must be a ghost up there because I know that cats can hear at this much, much higher frequency than we do. Right. I mean, it's like six to eight times better than us humans do, you know, and and we can kind of pinpoint a no noise within about 20 degrees. And because of a cat's giant radar ears, they can pinpoint a noise within about five degrees. So it, you know, it they can hear a lot better. They can hear bats talking. They can hear mice squeaking. They say that they can hear the different species of rodents, actually. Like they can, they can say in their mind, they go, Oh, that was a mouse squeak. Oh, that was a rat. That, you know, they can hear that stuff that we can't hear. So that was a long story to tell you that I think we have mice in the attic again <laughs> and, oh, no. and we need to start our trap and release program again. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, you know, and I could see, you know, we've often said, and I, I think you really have often said, and, and we've, we talked about it on some of the podcasts that, you know, cats have more of a sensitivity sometimes than dogs do and they can hear oh, yeah much better and they know when somebody's outside or they know when another animal's outside. And it's interesting that they can hear that over the TV, you know, the cat sitting in our lap and all of a sudden jumps up or, or puts its head up and, and hears something out there. It's interesting that they can hear all of that above the noises that are well, That's out there because our, our TV noise isn't at that super high frequency. It's like dog whistles. You know, yeah. you blow a dog whistle and we can't hear it, but the dogs can. 
and the cats can too. It's the same thing because that frequency is much higher. It's, it's out of our hearing range. So the cats hear that and they go, what was that? But that's assuming that ghosts and spirits are making noises, right? If a, if a spirit is not making a noise at a high frequency level, then a cat's not going to hear it. So maybe your job between now and next Halloween is to research, do spirits, you know, some of the paranormal people, you know, they record a lot of that stuff. And so they would kind of know, is it in a different frequency range? And if the paranormalists are recording things, you know, spirit activity in a really high frequency range, that, that might make some sense. And, you know, another one is, is sense of smell, you know, because cats' sense of smell is, is so much better. It's like 16 times better than ours. And, and in a lot of cases, better than dogs, because dogs can actually smell a little better. They have more scent receptors than cats, most breeds, not all breeds. But cats have that um, Jacob's organ, organ in the top of their mouth, you know, when they go and they're, and they're smelling air through their mouth, then, you know, that actually lets them smell the differences in odors, which is something dogs can't, can't really do. And it's certainly we can't do. But again, so does the spirits smell? Does a ghost have an, an odor? Good question. You know, and I think that the most of the things that I have uh, researched, mostly in the paranormal world, it's usually about temperature changes. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know that I've ever heard about any in the paranormal world where they have recordings of something of a higher pitch level, but that doesn't mean it's not out there and doesn't mean that somebody hasn't captured that, but it's usually about a temperature where it's warm and then all of a sudden it turns cold you know, and they, they feel a presence and, you know, the hair stands up on your neck and arms and things like that. But, you know, as I've looked at um, some of the uh, Bigfoot research, I have uh, noticed that they do sometimes do get recordings of a pitch that's much higher than what humans can hear. And that's the only time I've mm. seen where they've actually recorded sounds that are outside that that zone. But again, you people will probably send me some information to let me know of some paranormal places. Not that I'm really doing that deep of research, but it's just sometimes interesting to, to, to embark on that because this really is a great topic for a lot of those things that we oftentimes will see or hear. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of different places where people rely on the animals to, especially if you're out uh, camping, at night and you have a dog or cat or something that's instantly jumping up, that's, you know, that that's forewarning you that there's something out there. Sure. And that goes back to their, you know, their extreme heightened sense of smell and hearing. But, you know, yeah. you said something interesting <clears throat> that maybe, you know, when you have a spirit presence, it's, um, it's a temperature change because cats have heat receptors in their skin. So, very, I would think they would be much more sensitive to temperature changes in the air. Now, you know, that might not make them wake up and stare at something because if a cool breeze comes in the window, I'm not sure they, you know, they always react to that, but, but that could be. I think, you know, here's something to consider. They say that cats can see UV light, 
right? Which is why, you know, I oh, used to wear white lab coats when I worked uh, with cats in the shelter because they had great big pockets and I could keep a lot of my training junk in the pockets. But I stopped using the white lab coats when I'm working with cats and I use the black one instead because that really bright white ultra, you know, ultra fluorescence or whatever that's on a on a white color cats are real sensitive to that and and it might even hurt their eyes it's uncomfortable so i went to more darker colors when working with cats for that reason but ah, so the, well, the you know, that's interesting i have never thought why you did that i have seen you do it but i never <laughs> thought there was a rhyme or reason because i wear black all the time that's yeah. it that's it i thought it was just part of your other mantra <laughs> <laughs> wow. But they they also see say that, you know, light is on an energy spectrum, right? And this is where things like auras come in, right? Because they say people's auras might be on a on a higher energy light. It could be into the UV light like we're we're energy beings, so we're putting off a light source around us. It's just that our human eyes, most of our human eyes are not able to detect that. Some people can see auras because they see differently. Well, UV light is at the very highest end of the energy light spectrum. So cats can see that. They've done, there's an interesting YouTube video on, um, on, on flowers. Like they, I don't know how they captured this technically from a camera lens, but they videotape flowers in ultraviolet light. And you can see these interesting patterns on the flowers. And that's probably how cats see. So if spirits are still retaining some level of energy, but they're vibrating at a different level, probably a higher frequency, because that would make a lot of sense, then it's very possible that cats can see that as, as a UV light range kind of thing. Wow. Interesting. Wow. That is, that is really something to think about, you know, and I've often thought um, in that same spectrum that you know, they, they talk about the things that we can't see because, the, you know, the human eye only can pick up so many, I mean, it's very small, minute amount of uh, different light signals and, and the same thing uh, with animals and they have a broader, uh, that's why they can see at night, like you're saying. Um, and I've often thought, what are we missing that, that passes by us that we can't see, you know, and that's always the question It goes back to the question, why? You know, always, why can't we see what's out there? We could be walking in the woods, the dogs that are walking with us, or even the cats that we have walking with us can see things that we can't see. And all of a sudden, when we see in what direction that they're looking, we can focus in and maybe see something that's there, but maybe they hear something that's behind the bush and also see something that's there. So there's many different spectrums that are there. That's, that's well, super in, interesting. In- so in cats case, I don't think this applies to dogs, but I don't really know because I'm not a dog expert, right? I'm a, I'm a cat expert, but cats see better in low light. So in an instance, like you're talking about, you're walking around in the forest, it's really dark. You might have a little bit of low light from, you know, moon or something like that, but cats are crepuscular. And the reason that they hunt right before dawn and right after dusk is because they have so much better night vision. There's this layer of tissue that's um, behind the retina called a, a, t- 
a tapetum lucidum. I think I said that right. <laughs> I that never, really I try like not a, to explain. That sounds this like a much. bad made up word there. <laughs> like a tapeworm, a lucid tapeworm. Think about it like that. <laughs> Tapetum lucidum. I, I yeah, really try not to right. explain this, but it, it's, it's the layer of tissue that's behind the retina and it collects light and it reflects it back. All right. And so it's, it's essentially generating light where there isn't any, you know how you can, like if the light, catches just right in a cat's eyes and they have these big, huge glowing globes of eyes. Well, that's that lucid tapeworm thing that you're seeing. <laughs> it's the pedum lucidum in the back of their eyes. And I'm so I'm going to have to bless this with my little <laughs> bless that, whatever that is. Let's See, bless he's it even got a spirit coming. rattle in his office. <laughs> spirit rattle. Come on, get out of here, spirit. That was a gift for our grandbaby. You never mailed <laughs> Well, now, now it's uh, keeping all the, the evils out. Okay. Well, it could be <laughs> that, that, that that film behind a cat's eyes that makes it so that they can see in low light, you know, they, they can see things moving. So when you're in the forest, it, it's probably not spirits and ghosts out there, right? It's other creatures. And of course, because they can hear better and they can smell better and they can see better, then of course they're going to notice those things out there. You know, I think us humans tend to feel superior because we're intellectually more advanced or superior than, than yeah. maybe cats or dogs. But in a lot of ways, they're much more advanced than we are. Like, again, they can yeah, hear better. I, you know, better. I think that's, that's so, such a great topic to think about because, you know what, we, we don't combine the senses as much or as well as they do. I mean, we do combine the sense of touch and the sense of feel, and we kind of make sense of different things. They do it on a, uh, on a level that says danger or food opportunity. You know, mm -hmm. we don't necessarily combine all of those pieces in that. So that's, that's a really good point. And I think it's because we've evolved past the point of having to hunt, right? We're, we're yeah. so evolved that, you know, actually people are, are having less molars in these generations because, you know, we, we eat different kinds of food than we did when we were cavemen and women. And, um, <laughs> and cats haven't really, you know, they haven't evolved that much physically. So, and it's not, you know, cat, it's not just what they can see and hear and smell. And, and then, of course, the heat sensors in their skin. But those whiskers, you know, are such an interesting sense. I mean, that is another way that they gather information because those whiskers feel just slight movements in the air and air currents. And so again, if ghosts or spirits are somehow able to affect air current and temperature, then that cat's definitely going to wake up and look in whatever direction that's coming from, because all of a sudden it feels cold or it feels warm, cold, warm or whatever. And then it feels a little bit of wind move and it goes, now, wait a minute, I've never felt that in this bed before. And they're yeah. going to wake up and go, what is that? So I guess the question mm -hmm. is, we should have, we should have invited a paranormal expert to be interviewed with us today. Because <laughs> the real question is, you know, what kind of noises or thing, what, what are ghosts and spirits, you know, do they make noise? Do they, do they do all these things? Cause if we knew what they were outputting, then we would know whether that was kind of in the range of what cats can sense. And we'd be able, better able to answer 
you know, can cats see ghosts and things? But I think it's clear they can see things. I think, I think we should things. just go out and do an experiment. Let's go out in the woods and take Pico and see. If now, we why can... do you think the woods are full of spirits and ghosts? Well, maybe not. I mean, yeah, probably a haunted house or an empty house or, you know what? We could go to one of those ghost towns and do some sort of experiment. And see. <laughs> yeah, but if it's full of mice, then he's going to be paying attention to that. And you're never going to know, was it really a ghost or was it a bat in the belfry? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Probably right. Probably right. Well, I'll have to think of a better experiment. <laughs> <laughs> to test this theory. You know, I did think of one thing, though. Some people think that their cats are detecting um, spirits because the cat will just all of a sudden jump up and race around the room, you know, or their or their skin will crawl, you know, their skin goes, ooge, 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 and then they take off running. I mean, you know, Pico does that when he has a bug every now and then he'll he'll get some sort of little bug on him and, and he'll go, ooge, ooge, and he runs around and then he stops and licks <laughs> in that place. But that is also ooge, ooge syndrome. Ooge, ooge. <laughs> That's also <laughs> A, uh, those are symptoms of hyperesthesia as well. So, you know, we did a podcast on that. I can't remember which one it is. And with 141, I don't know how people find what they're looking for, to be honest. <laughs> but if you want a topic, you know, if you're like, I send me the topic on hyperesthesia because my cat does that, then just email me, molly at cattalkradio.com, and I'm happy to send it to you. And if you well, have here's any a question. Okay. Here's a question. What is what about the color of the cat? Like, you know, black cats, everybody, you know, here it is Halloween and everybody talks about black cats. Are black cats more sensitive of spirits and different things than any other color cat? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you know, that's always the thing that people point to is that, you know, here it is Halloween. And if a black cat runs across the road, you know, it's always kind of been said and maybe it's just because they're black and all you can see at night is their eyes or something i don't know but you know it 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 does seem like it does focus on this time of season black cats and i think you've even told me that when you were working uh at some of the shelters that this time of year black cats are more uh everybody's looking to adopt a black cat uh, well there's a lot of first there's a lot of fears about that a lot of people that work in shelters think that you know uh, all these uh, devil worshipers are going to come out and buy black cats and do bad things to them at Halloween. And so a lot of rescues will stop um, stop adopting black cats at Halloween time. I know uh, some shelters have taken a, a little more proactive approach to that and run specials on different colored cats at Halloween. Like all orange cats are free for Halloween to try to take the focus off that. But you're you're right it, it's not so much about the superstition that black cats are bad luck, but it's, you know, throughout history, witches were always seen with black cats. Now, why, why is that, right? Were, were the black cats somehow more in tune with the spirit world like, like witches were or are or, you know, I don't want to offend any, any witches out there by any means, Um and if you are a witch and you have a black cat and, and you've experienced this, do, you know, email us and let us know, because that's a that's a good question. I, yeah. I don't I don't really know. I mean, I notice personality differences kind of generalized, you know, by color. 
but those are sweeping generalizations, you know, probably 80% true at, at best, you know, like orange cats are friendlier and more snuggly and things like that. But, um, you know, we'd I like to think so because we have them all the time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there has, you know, to your point, there has to be a reason maybe why, you know, uh, the occult gravitates towards black cats and, and seemingly in a friendly way, you know, it wasn't like sacrificing black cats. I mean, they were always as a companion animal. And um, so maybe they do have some greater sense. I, I don't know if anybody listening knows by all means, but let us know, because that would be interesting information. And this is Dewey's hot topic here. So <laughs> he'll really want to know. I can see we're going to have to go on camping trips you know, and testing his little theory. <laughs> it's all about it's all about theory, right? From that standpoint, because we don't really know. We can't really uh, discern whether or not it's a true ghost or a true spirit or, you know, something to that effect. Now, some people claim to know that it's real, uh, but, you know, in my mind, I'm always looking for the real connection that tells me that that's what it is. I mean, I, my mind doesn't necessarily think in that regard. I, I do all the uh, researching because I think of it from a probability standpoint. Is it probable that that could happen? You know, or, you know, is, has it raised to the scale of truly a possibility that there's something there? And to know if we could ever really find out if there was a particular animal, whether that be a cat, dog, or, you know, rat that can really discern whether there's a spirit world in the past, out there and there's some sort of connectivity, we would all like to know what that is. So what if know, it's a skunk? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I think if there was that, that kind of connectivity, then I think we would all you know, appreciate having skunks around and we yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not going to appreciate having a skunk around. I don't care what it can see. <laughs> you know, and where I'm from in Oklahoma, we used to call those po-cats. So it's a, a po-cat. <laughs> a po-cat. What in the heck is a po-cat? I don't know. That's what I've always been told they were called. But anyway, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm always in search of the why. <laughs> All right. So... Again, if anybody has any topics, because we've touched a lot of strange stuff today, <laughs> anybody yeah. has any topics they want to hear, um, please email them to me at molly at cattalkradio.com, and we'll be happy to do them for you. And, you know, this has I, been a great podcast or now video. Yeah, yeah, it's now, it's now video. Yeah, well, and I'd like to reach out to all those out there that are listening or now watching and help support what Molly does. She really does a very good job and she works very hard to help support uh, cats. And a lot of times cats only have a behavior problem. And it's sometimes often and most often for Molly to help fix that slight problem uh, between you and your cat to keep it from uh, going to shelters because she does not like to see them go to the shelters no. because once they go to the shelters, you just never know what that end result is going to be. Yeah. Not always is it bad, but it uh, is something that, that she is 
always conscious of. And well, and it's feel, more than I mean, it's it is often bad. You know, you surrender your cat to the shelter, and it's scared, and it it reacts defensively, oftentimes aggressively, and then gets put in our Frady Cat programs. And it takes a lot of resources, which in municipal shelters, that's a lot of taxpayer resources, and to have you know, volunteers and staff work with these cats to try to calm them down and reconnect them in a positive way to people in that setting. And, you know, I I would really like to retire soon and stop doing that shelter work because there's no more need for it. So if we can correct these behavior issues in the home before they ever decide, well, I can't take him peeing outside the litter box anymore. I can't take these cats fighting anymore. And so I'm going to take one of them to the shelter. Or I'm going to, you know, if, if we could intervene before that ever happens, that's the goal so that cats don't, um, don't end up in, in shelters. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of my goal is to, to make sure that those cats never get there in the first place. And I get a lot of calls from college students, you know, that are barely able, you know, it's great. They have a cat while they're in college and a, you know, a companion they can be with and, and, um, but they can't always, they can't afford a behavior consult. They can't afford to hire somebody. And I get a lot of low income families, you know, that'll, be taking their cat to the shelter because they can't mm-hmm. afford to, they can't put up with the behavior and they, they really can't afford to hire someone. So I take all of those cases um, pro bono because that keeps those cats out of shelters. So, yeah. And I would like to invite all of you that uh, have uh, some have, have received some benefit in some way from what she's done or what she's doing please send her a gratuity donation because she does do this for free and it does cost money to go out and do those. Um, a lot of times she goes in their homes and she has to interact with the entire environment uh, in the home where she blends the, the cat and the family and the environment all together and figures out ways to help pull all that together into one, just so that way these these cats don't go back to the shelter because you never know what happens to them there. She was, as she said, exactly. And, so she's and you often- and you can, you can you can help us out. I mean, any amount. The other thing that that costs us money, in, in addition to, you know, dealing with these behavior cases and providing those people with things that they can't really afford. You know, whether it's wand toys or the right kind of food or stuff like that or medication for their cat. But it also costs us to keep this show on the air because this particular show was kind of silly and didn't really address any behavior issues. But most of our shows talk about cat behavior issues and and we're building a big library of resources so that people can access that and hopefully, you know, learn from from what we do and fix problems on their own. So so if you can help yeah. out, bottom line is if you can help out, any amount helps. And you can make that donation by going to the catbehaviorsolutions.org website into the behavior boutique shop, the store. And, um, or there's also now a drop down that says donations, but you scroll down and below the products in the store, there's donation amounts and you just add it to a cart like you're, like you're shopping. And you might as well go ahead and add some things for your cat too, because it's free shipping over $49. Mm-hmm. So you know, make a $20 donation and then 
buy some of those cool catnip sacks that are stuffed with catnip or wand toys so that you can pray play with your cat better and, and stuff like that. Cause there's a lot of cool stuff on the, on the store. Well, I'd and, like to say that one, one more thing I'd like to say that we did learn something about a behavior uh, in this is what would be my cat be looking at uh, when he just all of a sudden he or she uh, looks up and looks around. It may not be a ghost. It could be, you know, mice in the ceiling. Mouse sounds, or, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think they make good micers. I mean, I'm surprised some of those those uh, rodent people, you know, that come and take care of your rodents. I'm surprised they don't they don't have cats. You know, you see the beagles because they can smell really good. But you yeah. think they'd have a cat who can hear really good and they could pinpoint because I know exactly where the mice are, by the way. They're right up here if you if you need to know for, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> for fixing Pico showed me right up here. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> But people, thanks for tuning in today. And we want to yes. hear from you. Let us know if this video part, I mean, I, you know, we don't need to keep doing this if, if, it, uh, if it's not something you want to see, you know, you don't want to see us, yeah. you just want to hear us. And we don't really care which way you do. Just keep tuning in and we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia is the, the number, number one, one cause, cause of death, of death in cats. cats. We did pretty good that time. <laughs> Thanks Yay. for tuning in. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Bye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.